0: Lock, talk radio. Rescue the Pharisees, care for the and from sin and the grave. Before the the Oh, they is dying, him still he is waiting, when the comes as his job is received. Leave with eternity, leave with intensity, he will forgive if they only believe. Rescue the perished, there for the dying, Jesus is merciful. Jesus of found in the human heart crushed by the tempter, healing my very disgrace can restore. by a loving heart, by kindness. Hearts that are broken will the Jesus will save. Rescue the perishing, do ye demand this. for thy labor, the Lord will provide. Back to the narrow way, patiently with him. For water more wonder, a Savior that died. Rescue the perishing, serve for the dying.
1: We will praise God. I'm thankful He saved me. Aren't you glad He saved you? Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. I'm glad to be in church with you this morning. Amen. I think you can look around and tell that 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 the sickness bug has already touched our church. We've got a whole bunch of people after this. and and uh, pray for them. Pray for God to get them well and get them back to us. We uh, need to remember to lift up Scott in prayer, need to lift up Diane in prayer, need to lift up your niece in prayer, uh, need to lift up Dan in prayer uh, this morning. Ms. Joanne, you doing okay? <clears throat> All right. All right, need to lift up Miss Nell, her foot, she had her shot this week in prayer. Miss Charlotte, what about you? All right, are there any others we need to pray for this morning? Need move on, you okay? Okay. All right. Unspoken. Anybody else? All right. Several unspoken prayer requests. You got one more? Mama's knee, yeah. She got a screw backing out on her on her her knee replacements.
0: Well, it is.
1: It's, it's just backed out about a quarter inch there sticking up under her skin. So bad thing is you can't just stick a screwdriver in a crack, no worry. You gotta got to be open to get in there to it, so. <laughs> You might can, but I don't know if you're qualified. So. Kind of like when they asked me to cut the cord. I thought, you know, somebody here more qualified than me. So, but anyway, I don't think you do over that one. But anyway, but uh, other prayer requests this morning. Anything else? We need to pray for Israel. We need to lift up Israel in prayer. We need to pray for our, our country. We need to pray for for uh, pray for our world. It's an immense. And we know it's going to be in a mess before the Lord comes back. And it's sure is setting itself up real good on your turn. But I'm excited as the days pass because I see, again, it's just Israel over all the conflict that's going on. That's just like God's alarm clock. There's something over just ringing and ringing and ringing. It's, 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 it's time. He's going to hit the button soon. But it's going off. So get your life ready. Get ready to meet him. Reach out to others around you. Make sure they're ready to meet him because the time is coming to a close. And I I just say that just as as calmly but as urgently on the inside as I can, that the time has come. If we're going to be witnesses, we'd better be witnesses because soon we won't have another chance to witness again because we'll be with Jesus. All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning, and let's ask God to meet with us and and, and, and to fill this service and, and speak through the Word of God to our hearts this morning. Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. You can be seated. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Okay. <laughs>
1: 491, a shelter in the time of storm, 491.
0: No fears of the war, no food of pride, sheltered in the time of the Lord.
1: Five or
0: This is my story. This is my song. Praising my savior all the day long. Perfect salvation, burning delight. Made in the brand the universe of my life.
1: back to number one, number one, number one, my Savior's love.
0: <laughs> I thank God the of Jesus the Nazarene. Thank
1: don't compare yet Jesus loves me that's I know what the Bible tells me so and oh how I love Jesus there's no comparison amen because I can't love him like he loves me hallelujah his love is marvelous and it is wonderful turn in your Bible this morning to first Corinthians the last chapter of first Corinthians we're gonna finish the book today amen it's been a minute since we've been in it we covered the roughest parts and none of them were really wrong, amen, because y'all believe the Bible. Now, if y'all had some wacky, crazy doctrinal ideas that didn't line up with Scripture, we might have butted heads and had all kinds of arguing and fussing and fighting. But, praise God, y'all just believe the Bible, so it's not that hard to preach to you. And I praise God, and I thank you for that, that you do just believe the Bible. Amen. Uh, praise God. Chapter 16 this morning, and we're going to cover all 24 verses. It's not that long. And there's, there's a lot of, uh, of things in there that we won't dig into because it's just travel plans and things of that nature. And so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna dig out, and we're going to kind of be mining for the things we can pull out of this this morning. There are a few things that are good to pull out of this. And uh, I don't want us to miss any of it. Amen. So let's go ahead. We won't read all 24 verses. We're just going to pray. And we'll step right into it and see what God has for us this morning. Amen. So let's pray. Father, I love you and I thank you, Lord, for this morning. I thank you, Father, for your people that have gathered together here in, in this place to worship you and to hear from you. And, Father, I know, that Lord, that I'd, I'd be a, a fool to stand up here and try to, to do what I've come to do without your power. Lord, only you can deliver this message. And Lord God, I pray, Father, that you fill me with your spirit. I pray, Father, that you will give me unction. Lord, I pray this morning that you'll forgive me and cleanse me of anything that would hinder the message. Father, please give me liberty as I preach. Give me liberty of thought and liberty of speech. Lord, I pray for your people, those here and those absent, Lord, that are watching. Lord, I pray and, and... Lord, I just ask you, please, Lord, to be with my wife this morning as she's not feeling well. Be with Aubrey and Brianna and their family this morning as they're not feeling well. Lord, with Donnie and their family as well. Father, I pray, Lord, that you please with us. Lord, just work in us and get us back together healthy soon. Lord, I pray, Father, this morning you just come down and meet with us now and, and touch us and speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah! Let's get right into it this morning. Uh, chapter sixteen and verse one. Paul. Paul goes. Uh, you remember last chapter? Was it about. Anybody tell me what the last chapter was about. We only covered it for four Sundays. The resurrection. Somebody was listening. Hallelujah. She listens to me. She used to not think I listened to her, and I didn't know she listened to me, but she listens to me, praise God. Hallelujah. That's good. But we've been talking about the resurrection for the last four Sundays. We've, we've, we've turned it over and looked at it on every side, and we've, we've, we've gotten everything we, we knew to get out of it, but now Paul's about to close this letter. And so Paul's going to hit some last minute details in the last-minute box, and these are very important. He, he goes right from talking about the resurrection, talking about money. So why in the world would he jump into money and get out of something spiritual into something? There's a need for it, I and mean, we're going to see the need is spiritual. He said, "Now, col- now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye." So, the collection for the saints. Now, Robert went down do for the plate, and he took up a collection. Amen. And, and they took that in there, and Bonnie figured it up and, and, and made out the deposit slip, and that'll go into an account one of the banks here locally, or, and uh, go on our uh, ledger of how much we have in our account, which ain't that much if you want to know the truth, uh, and it's getting smaller all the time, as you can tell by looking at the church. The church gets smaller, the account gets smaller, and the needs keep growing. So uh, again. You, you, it's important that we give. But I'm not talking this morning about paying bills. Uh, you know, again, these lights
0: in here work because
1: people give. The water toilet flushes because people give. We're able to run a refrigerator and keep food and things of that nature because people give. We give to missionaries because people give. We put Bibles in the hands of people that, that reach people for Jesus because we give. We're doing a lot of things because we give, and if we don't give, we can't do any of those things, and we'll be out sitting under a shade tree meeting because we won't have all this air conditioning, heat, and all that good stuff that we all enjoy. But that's not what I'm talking about. Amen? And this is not, we're not, the collection for the sake, he's not talking about, well, you give, take care of your preacher, and that's true. He's true, He's got what he needs in his life so that he can be their pastor. Uh, you know, when an evangelist comes through town and he and he preaches for you, you ought to take up an offering and give to him and support him on his way. If you have a, a missionary in, you ought to take up a love offering if you can and support them on their way. But that's not what we're talking about here. Now concerning the collection for the saints. What this is is that there is somebody, that the church needs to help, we ought to be able to help them. That's what it's all talking about. If somebody needs help and the church feels led to help them, we ought to help them. Now, notice I said the church feels led to help. Okay? I'm to make a very important statement because I know there are people watching me, and I know that somebody might be watching me go, well, I'm going to go to that church and get money. We are not First National Bank of Jesus. Let me say that again. We are not First National Bank of Jesus. Amen. We do not we do not dole out money. We don't hand out money. We're not we're not a a, a local charity. We are none of those things. We are a New Testament church. And if we feel like we ought to help somebody and everybody's in agreement, we should do it. And if we have the money, we ought to be able to do it. Amen? Now, when we're led to help somebody to the extent that we're able, we ought to. If you can't do it, then you can't do it. But if you're led to do it and you have the funds, you should do it. And that means if somebody has a great need, then we as a church to try to take up an offering and meet that need. Amen? We really should. I mean, if somebody's in here and says, I don't want to do it. Well, we as a church. We ought to help that, that member to be able to make it, amen. Because that's what that's what that's what church family. Is. The church has an obligation to help the truly needy. We're gonna look at what all this means, okay? I wanna I wanna give you some help this morning. I I'm not worried about you shouting amen and saying, Glory to God, that was such a shattering sermon. I want you to learn, sir. I just want you to get some information this morning so you understand how God feels about this, okay? So this will help you, because I know you sure as well as I do, we can pull up, we see somebody down there with a sign on the side of the road, and we say, should I give to them, should I help them or not? I wonder if they're just a drunk trying to get beer money. I don't know. Maybe people people's homeless. I somebody the other day or yesterday sitting out by the loop at Woods in Paris, and he had a sign. He said, I just really want to get back to Dallas. I thought, well, boy, I, I that something. You know, people have want ice water, too. I just really want to get back to Dallas. That's good for you. That bicycle works. Take it off. Amen. He had two wheels on it moved that one up. He should have been a just sitting there on the grass and sign, in my opinion. But that's neither here nor there. But the church ought to help the truly needy. James 1.27 says, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. I right, said, so what, what does it really mean? Well, what is pure religion? Okay. To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So God says that we have an obligation to help those
0: who ain't got no body to take care of. That's
1: weird. The father that'd be, that'd, be, that'd be an orphan. That'd be somebody who maybe, maybe their, their daddy passed away. Maybe their mom and daddy passed away. And, and they, you know, they need help. There's a little child there. Somebody would if, if if that happened in this church. well, I know there's not. It ain't gonna happen. But if that happened in this church and there was a job, somebody in the church ought to take it down and say, "Hey, I'll take care of you. I'm not gonna let you be turned over to the system." You know what I'm saying? That's, that's that's kind of what we're talking about here. But also talking about widows too. Church ought to be supposed to take care of, of the widows of the church. Uh, but the church, listen. The church must discern who the truly needy are. First Timothy five three honor widows that are widows indeed. If a woman runs off leaves her husband and he dies, that does not mean she's a widow. A widow is a woman who loses husband. With husband. I mean, just because that I means if she left her husband that don't, and he died, that don't make her a widow. Uh, one can provide if, if one can support themselves, then they're not truly needy, and they must provide for their own self. That's what God says. If you can work, then you don't need help. 2 Thessalonians 3, 10 through 12. It says, for even when we were with you, Paul said, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. So if you're able to work, you ought to work. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly. That means they don't want to do right. Working not at all. What are bodies? In other words, they stay busy, but it's in everybody else's business. And he says, now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ, that with quietness they work. In other words, they hush their mouth and get out of everybody else's business and go to work and eat their own bread. You know I you eat your own bread? You earn it. And that's what he's saying. If, if, if all you want to do is run around and talk about people and, and stir up stuff, you need to hush and go to work. But he says, "But if any First uh, Timothy five eight says, if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel." So, a, a man who won't provide for his family, make sure they got food and things. If so he wants to go out and just and, and, and just stay drunk all the time and uh, nope. there ain't enough for groceries and everything else, God said that man worse than an infidel. Especially one, one like that who won't work either. Uh, you know. So and, and, and somebody like that, that's again I, that's what I think of when I see the guy laying there with well, I just never like to get to Dallas, you know. Well, like if you, you had any sense, sense, you wouldn't be laying on the side of the road when you buy a biotech on the side. If you hadn't hit something about you be heavy, like I said. But or you'd be you'd be somewhere where there's people around that's got sense and they sitting around with signs in the grass. I mean, again, people God's describing people who are too sorry to do anything. They don't want to do anything. They don't feel like they need to do it. They feel like I'm sticking my hand out. Somebody, oh, always put
0: something in it.
1: And God said, "Them people, are, that's are not the ones you help. You don't help them. Some people would. Some people will try to make you feel guilty for not helping. But I'm here to tell you, God gives you. He gives you uh, uh, guidelines to go by, so that you're not taken advantage of. And then He goes on. He says again, uh, in First Thessalonians four eleven. He says that you stand to be quiet. In other words, not getting everybody else's business, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. So again, God is all for a person. If you can work, you ought to work. But again, here's another one. Here's another regulation or guideline. If somebody can be supported by their family, they're not truly needy and should not be supported by the church. Now, this, this is, again... Honor widows that are widows indeed, First Timothy 3, 5, 3 and 4. Now, the widows that are widows indeed should be honored. That's what it's saying. But if any widow have children or nephews, let them first learn to show piety at home and request their parents, for that is good and acceptable for God. if that ain't got nothing to do with the widow. That's got to do with the family. That's saying that's saying if the widow's got family, then the family ought to step up and do what's right instead of putting it on the now there's nothing wrong with church supporting widows, even if she does have some bills. But it needs to be the ones who are widows and needy. it needs to be the right situation. Uh, <clears throat> something else we see about this: that those who are supported by the church, they ought to make a return to the church body. They ought to they ought to they ought to benefit the church, and not just be a taker. First uh, Timothy five, verse five and verse ten. Paul says, "Now she that is a widow indeed, and desolate, trusteth in God, and continueth in supplications and prayers night and day." Okay, the widow—what can she do? She can pray. Amen. She can be a prayer warrior. That's a lot. Hey, let me tell you, there's a lot of. To- Some, some, some ladies get getting are like, I just don't feel like I can't cook anymore like I used to, and, and I can't really do all that. But what can I do? You can pray, 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 pray. You can shake the foundations of heaven with prayer. Listen, I, I thank God. I thank God for people who will pray for me. I need prayer every day. The devil's got a target on my back, and he wants me to shut up. He can't stand me. Pray for me. Amen? So the Bible talks about that they, 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 they continue in supplications. That means they're on their knees pleading with God and asking him for things for them, uh, for the church as well. And prayers night and day. Uh, it says she's well reported and reported of for good work. She'll do anything. She can to help somebody. If she has brought up children, if she has lodged strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, if she has relieved the afflicted, if she has follows every good work again. So I, I ain't got no money here. You have to take care of it. Okay. You can do all kinds of things. that don't cost money. To give back. Let me tell you something else about this when you take up a collection for the saints to give. It's right for the church to examine somebody's moral conduct before giving support. That, that, that makes people nervous, you see. You're going to judge somebody? Uh, not by my standards, but by God's standards. Amen? Uh, again, my standards, why would I use my standards? Because, uh, listen, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sinner. I, I fail, too. I mean, I'm, I'm a saint now, but praise God. But, I, but my my flesh still sins. First Timothy 5, 9-13. Listen to what God's Word says. Let not a widow be taken into the number under three score years old having been the, husband, the wife of one man. So if she's under 60, that's what that means. Let not a widow be taken into the number, in other words, people that, are, that the church is looking after and taking care of, under the age of 60, having been the wife of one man, well reported of good works. If she have brought up children, if she have lodged strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, if she have relieved the afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work, but the younger widows receive. For when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry, having damnation. Because, and that doesn't mean going to hell. That just means it ain't going to be like it would have been if she stayed unmarried and just served the Lord. Because they have cast off their first faith, and with all they learned to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but paddlers also and busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. Honestly, you need to watch who you're dealing with
0: because if you're not if you're not careful, you'll get
1: one you'll take in. I'm gonna get out of and live. And he's saying you've you got to be careful who you're supporting. You'll be supporting somebody who's living for the world and ain't living for God. That's exactly what he means. Uh, so it's it, we we have to be careful as a church who we take in. Uh, to help, um, and the support. Here's another thing: the support of the church should be for the most basic necessities of life, not taking care of everybody's wants. And, I mean, needs, and 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 and, and uh, I gotta have this, and boy, I'd like to have that. That ain't about that. It's about their basics. First uh, Timothy six eight. He said, "In having food and raiment, let us therewith be therewith content." So. Paul give Paul give direction to the church here at at Corinth and also to the church at Galatia to do this as this as well. So again, it it's the job of a church to to help those within the church who need help. Uh we ought we ought to take care of our own, for sure. We ought to look after those who are in need. Uh verse two. He said, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him that there be no gatherings when I come. I think it's interesting there. You see that upon the first day of the week. And I bring that out because we we, we live amongst people who, the uh, Seventh-day Adventists. y'all familiar with Seventh-day Adventist? They'll tell you that if we go, by going to church on Sunday morning, we've already taken the mark of the beast that we're all going to hell because we come to church on Sunday. They believe that if you don't worship God on Saturday, you're going to hell. You're taking the mark of the beast. I know maybe y'all didn't know they talked that, but that's what they teach. And in uh, and, and the, the first day of the week, again, early church Christians met on Sunday. They didn't meet on Sabbath. Now, get, get this: they weren't against meeting on the Sabbath. And there's maybe nothing wrong with you and I meeting on Sabbath. Okay. He said, "Why do we meet on Sunday? Because that's when you hold early church Again, they could have met any day of the week. It wouldn't have mattered. listen, and here's why: Every day is a light to the Lord. Let me let me let me read this to you: Colossians two sixteen and seventeen. Let no man therefore judge you in meat. In other words, what you eat, or in drink, you know what you drink, or in respect of a holy day." or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days. So he said, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. It's Listen, when Jesus came, he fulfilled all that. Amen? We don't keep the Sabbath to remember. We're not, we're not Jewish. Amen? We're the Gentile church, and we're not to follow all the traditions and everything that's used by us. When Christ came again, he fulfilled the law, and there's no reason for us to do all the things that pointed to him because we know we have him. Amen? He is our rest. So we don't have to have a day of rest. We have Jesus, amen, and we can meet any day we want to meet. It wouldn't matter, but we meet on Sunday. Uh, so he said, every one of you, let every one of you. So, so, so who's supposed to take care of this giving he's talking about? On the first day of the week, he said, let every one of you. Was it only for those who had a lot of money to give? No, Paul said everybody should give, every one of you. Every Christian should be a giver. Let me say that again in the, in the phone. Every Christian should be a giver. Why is that? Our God is a giver, is he not? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God is a giver, and God expects us to be a giver. I've said this before. I've said it again. Somebody said it to me. How I know what to begin with. He said, you you know, you you give with a little pea scoop, and God will give with a corn scoop. You give with a corn scoop, God will give with a front end loader. You cannot give God. You try to out-give God. And God will show you you can't out-give him. Amen. God will not let you starve to death if you're taking care of his business. God will put his angels on rations. Right, bread and water rations to it. Everybody, to death who's trying to take care of his good. Let every one of you do what? Lay by him in store as God has prospered him. What does that mean? Okay. As God has prospered that we're not talking about what you made last week. We're talking about what you, what, you, what you brought in this week. As God has prospered you, you look and say, well, you know what? God has been good to me. I'm going to give some of this back to him. I'm going to give a percentage of this back to him. So I'm going to take it and I'm going to set it aside so I don't spend it on something else. I'm going to lay it in the store. I'm going to put that in another part of my billfold. I'm going to put that in another section of my purse. I'm going to put that in the envelope. I'm going to set it aside and have it prepared so when I come to church and somebody says tired and pass over the Blake, I ain't scrambling around trying to see if i got $2 in my purse or in my pocket. I've got it already set aside and planned because God is more important than everything else in my life. So I've got it planned and set aside, laid beside and still waiting to give on the first day of the week. That's what God's talking about. That's the way we ought to give. Amen. That's right, preacher. woo Hallelujah. Amen. Get excited about that money given to All right. So then we come to verses 3 and 4, which is travel plans. Paul said, basically, he said, when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, then will I, I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. So... They had been given for the saints at Jerusalem. They were poor saints in Jerusalem. They couldn't make it. They were living under dire conditions. And that's what the collection of the saints is going to, was going to those saints at Jerusalem. All right? Whoever's going, whoever's going can come with me uh, to, to Jerusalem when I go. And then he's making some more arrangements in verses 5 through, through, uh, through 9. He says, but I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia. For I do pass through Macedonia, and it may be that I will abide, yea, and winter with you, that you may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. So I may stay there with you all and, and, and prepare to go on my journey from there. He said, but I will not see you now, by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord permits. So all that's just travel and arrangements for his, his going. He said, but I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. That's where he is as he's writing this letter. It's in Ephesus. He's staying with, we'll see that in just a minute. He's, he's staying with Aquila and Priscilla. But he said, for a great door, an effectual is opened unto me. He's talking about in Ephesus where he's at, and there are many adversaries. He's giving them the situation where he's at, and what he's doing now. So what is he doing during this time he's writing this letter? We didn't even talk about that. He's been in Ephesus all this time, and he's there preaching, and teach it in a school uh, that's owned by a man named Tyrannus, okay? Or Tyrannus, I don't know how you say his name, but anyway. And and he was there for a little over two years. You see that in Acts chapter 19, verses 9 and 10, I'll read that to you. It said, but when divers were hardened, or people in there got mad at him and wasn't going to let him continue to preach, and believe not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude. In other words, they cursed Jesus, they said awful things about Jesus, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. So basically, Paul was a uh, he was a professor there in Tyrannus' doctrinal school, and he said, and this continued by the space of two years. So every day, Paul would get up, and he'd go down to Tyrannus' school where there were students coming in, and, and he taught them daily. And the Bible said he... he, he he was there disputing. That means, hey, I'm going to clear up all these issues that you have and these false motions that y'all have in y'all's head. In and this culture, and this, uh, I'm, I, 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 I'm going to get all the, the keys out of y'all's head. Basically what he spent his time doing there. And he says, and he did so much teaching. Now get this, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus both Jews and Greeks. Now you say, well that's an exaggeration. I don't know if it is or not. I don't think so. It's in the Word of God. It says all that they which dwelt in Asia heard the word. Itself. The Word of God spread it from Ephesus throughout all the known world according to Paul's preaching there for two years. You know what that shows me? That shows me one man can have a giant impact. One woman can have a giant impact. All we have to do is be faithful to God and we can have a tremendous impact and our influence go far and wide much further than we ever thought. Some people say, boy, you're in a little dinky country church. Why are you putting that on the internet? Because it'll go far and wide further than I could ever send it. And cast your bread upon the waters. That's what God tells us to do, and that's why we do it. Amen? It ain't because we thank for something special. We just want the the world to hear the word of God. Now, verse 10. He said, now, if if Timotheus come, see that he may be with you without fear. For he worketh the work of the Lord, as I also do. So he said, listen, I'm going to say, uh, Tim, uh, Timothy may come down there to you. I know how y'all are about respect and authority. Y'all was questioning whether or not I was even an apostle a while back. He said, I, you know, I'm, I'm treating that out. But Timothy's coming, and man, y'all better treat him right. Uh, you know, they didn't mean to respect him as an apostle, and they didn't respect him as a minister. And if they don't respect Paul, what are they going to do to a young man like Timothy? How are they going to treat him? So he's giving them an earful
0: about how y'all better
1: act right when he comes down there. Verse 11, he said, let no man therefore despise him. But conduct conduct him forth in peace that he may come to me. For I look for him with the brethren. <clears throat> Timothy, Timothy had a lack of confidence. He wasn't the most bold person. And also, he suffered from a lack of respect because he was young. Again, Paul's an older man, and, and they and they disrespected him. Didn't even care, you know, that he was an aged member of or had been a member of the Sanhedrin, had always had all this knowledge and, and his pedigree. That didn't matter to them, and, and if they treated him that way. And here comes this young buck in there who, who's not really not really sure of himself. They're allowed to step all over him. And he said, "Please don't do that to him. Please don't do that to him. Don't take advantage of Timothy." You know, and, and it was important for Timothy to never give anybody a reason to despise him. Either. And Paul was constantly reminding him of that, verse Timothy four twelve, He said, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of, to the, of the believers in word and conversation, in charity and spirit and faith and purity. Let me back up and read that again. He told Timothy, you may be young, son. You may not have all the experience in the world. He said, but be an example. In words, in other words, you only tell the truth. You only say the things that are true. Let your words be a reflection of what's in your heart. And and, and not just not just speak those words, but he said in conversation, too. Let your life back up what you say. If, if you take a young person, if that young person always tells the truth and that young person always does what they say, they'll be respected as if they were a person of many decades beyond that when you find somebody you can count on don't make a difference how old they are you'll you'll put faith in them and and he said and 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 be a be an example in charity the way you conduct yourself the way you love people love with an open pure heart and love people with an honest christ-like love in spirit in faith in purity let them see jesus in you timothy and, you know, and again, if he does that, it's going to be hard for them to come up with a reason to say something bad against him. Amen? And that go, go for you or me or anybody else. If we'll be honest, if we'll, if we'll say what we mean and we say what God says and we'll speak the truth and we'll back it up by a life that reflects that, ain't nobody going to be able to get on you about much of anything. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Verse 12, as touching our brother Apollos, we have heard nothing about him for a minute, he said, I greatly desired him to come unto you with the brethren. But his will was not at all to come at this time. But he will come when he ha- shall have convenient time. <clears throat> now, I'm going to say, about the verse is this. It shows me, shows me that, you know, God, God has said in his word that he's, he hates the deeds of the Nic- Nicola things. Nicolaitans are having things somewhere in Revelation. And what they are are those who say, well, I can't do it unless those guys say I can. Well, this goes to show you that's not the way the thing worked with Paul. Because Paul and Apollos, I mean, they're they're contemporary. But but Paul didn't have the authority to say to him, hey, you're going down here and you're going to do what I say. Paulus told him, said, Hey, said uh uh, you know, I don't really want to go right now. That's what he said. His will was not at all to come with me at this time, to come at this time. He said, I'm uh, we're gonna go down to Corinth and and, 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 and said, I ain't going. <laughs> and he said, He'll come when he has a convenient time. he's busy, he didn't have time to come down here. So again, uh, he wasn't he wasn't driving anybody. Paul Paul, Paul is not making anybody do anything. These people are serving alongside him, and that's the way it ought to be. We ought not try to make anybody do anything in the Christian life. It ought not be that we're browbeating somebody into doing it. Amen. we're directing them and showing them and leading them and saying, hey, this this is this is how you have a success in this life if you follow Jesus. This is how God you get God's blessing in your life is that you do his work. And God will give you the power and God will give you the wisdom and God will give you everything you need to do it but you've got to be willing. All right? Verse 13, this is very important. I, I'm hoping we can get done, but we're going to bog down here, I pray. Verse 13 says, Watch ye stand fast in the faith. Quit ye like men. Be strong. Boy, oh, there's a lot right there. Watch ye. What is Paul saying? Paul said you better be careful lest you fall into sin because there's temptations everywhere. Watch. Keep your eyes open. What happens when you don't watch? you kind of to get drowsy. you kind of to get not You don't pay attention. Uh, you know, if you knew somebody was out to kill you, if somebody had been writing you letters and showing up in your mailbox saying, I'm going to kill you when you least expect it, you've been getting phone calls uh, from an unknown number and said, I'm going to kill you when you least expect it. You know what you do? You watch. I guarantee you, you look out your window shades before you come out and go to your car. Well, you back out your driveway. You're gonna be looking to make sure ain't nobody coming after you. You're gonna be looking over your shoulder all the time. Why? Because somebody says, I'm out to get you. Well, let me say something to you. The Bible tells us that, that that the devil walketh about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So you do have somebody who's out to get you. And God tells you to walk. I don't think that's bad wisdom at all. I think that's pretty good wisdom, amen. We need to watch because the devil is constantly trying to devour us. First Thessalonians 5, 6, Paul said, Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Some people are just one asleep. They're everything going on around them. They're like they're walking in their sleep in the life. They ain't paying a bit of attention. To all the things that the devil's drawing them off into, because they're not watching, they find themselves in a mess. Like, i got here. I'm this
0: mess. I'm God, let this happen
1: to me. Revelation three, two and three, the Bible to the church, church, uh, church at Sardis. Jesus said, "Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain." You, you, you have some things that are about you that are good. You better make sure them things stay put that are ready to die,
0: he said, they look pretty sickly.
1: And I have not found thy works perfect before God. God says, y'all ain't doing right. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard. So look back on what you heard and what you saw. Remember. Look at that and compare it to where you're at now. Watch. He said, and hold fast and repent. If thou, therefore, if therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. I don't want to be oblivious to what God is doing. Amen. We need to be watchful. We're living in last days, my friends. We're living right up to the door of, of the Lord's coming. And we need to be watchful. There was every time we need to be watchful. It's now. He says. Secondly, there's stand fast in the faith. That's it. stand in your fellowship with the Lord. You, you you want to maintain your relationship with God. You don't want to let it get strained. You don't want to let it get distant. You don't want to let it get cold. Stand fast. Philippians one twenty seven. Only that's your conversation. That's your way of life. The way you get up and do your business every day. Be as it becometh the gospel. In other words, your life and the gospel ought to go together. Amen. Like like bread and butter. Amen. It ought to go like icing and, and birthday cake. Amen. They just sit together. Your life and 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 the and the gospel. You ought not to live a life where you be ashamed to share the gospel with somebody because of the way you live, it shouldn't be that way. That's a that's a contradiction in terms. And God don't want us living that. He says stand back again. stand never the verses. I, can't, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm we, wouldn't have to, we wouldn't have to go very far and go through too many people before we found somebody that said, I don't know how to lead somebody to Jesus sitting in church this morning. Mike could do it in here. I don't know. I guarantee you if we hit two or three churches, we'd get a whole big group of people together that didn't know how to lead people to Jesus. Let your life, your conversation be as becometh the gospel of Christ. Paul says, that whether I come and see you or whether I be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together, that's striving, that's working, amen, that's doing something, that ain't just sitting together on the pew, that's working together for the faith of the gospel. That's what a church is supposed to do. We're supposed to try to win people to Jesus and bring people in uh, and, and, and grow them in the Lord so they can go and find somebody and win them to Jesus and bring them in. And that's how the church grows. Stand fast, Paul said. Don't get distant. Don't go further. Stand fast. Galatians 5 one. stand fast. Therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. We're not in bondage to sin anymore. Praise God. He has made us free. We're children of the Most High God. We have all of the, the promises that God has given to his people. And he says, and be not entangled again in the yoke of
0: bondage. If you've been set free, I guarantee you there ain't there ain't nobody who is set free of prison. Uh and, and God
1: Open skies and everybody in front of them And never said, man, I don't want to go back. Now they might have went back if they didn't say that when they first come out of there. Nobody says, what well, put them handcuffs on me today just so I can feel them. Can
0: I wear an ophthalmologist real easy? Nobody asks for those things.
1: They want the freedom I'm free, right? God says if you're free, live like you're free. Stand in that freedom you got the freedom from sin. Listen, you got the victory over sin. It ain't going to send you to hell. I'm not going to hell. I couldn't go to hell if I wanted to because I've been set free. Jesus has made me free. And so I need to stand in that freedom and not forget I'm free. Why would I want to give the devil an opportunity to put me in bondage? And he says, quit ye like men. Quit ye like men. I said, what does that mean? Quit ye like men. We don't talk like that, do we? It ain't hard. It just means to like men. Show yourselves to be men. That goes with watching and standing fast. So in God's eyes, a man is somebody who's careful and somebody who's productive. Somebody who's careful and productive. Ephesians 6.13, he says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, because you don't have any armor, (laughs) and you cannot defend yourself like God can defend you. And he says, You take that whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. (laughs) That means you don't lose. In the evil day, when the devil comes against you, when the devil tries to destroy you, your marriage, your children, your family, your household, you can withstand. You make it. How you make it? Through the God through God's power and God's armor protecting you. And he said, and having done all, so you've done everything you can stand. When it's all over with, you're still standing. First Timothy six twelve. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou also thou art come and has professed a good profession before witnesses. God called us to fight. We're not to stand by and watch people fight. We're to get in the fight. Amen? God's going to fight for you as we've seen so many times we've been studying on Sunday morning uh, about the children of Israel going forth to battle when God is in it. When God is giving them the green light, man, they don't even have to do the fight and God has to fight for them. Now God is not wishy washy. God's not a turncoat. If God was that way with them, he'd be that way with you. Amen. God's not biased. God's not prejudiced. If God will bless his one people, he'll bless you too. But you know what? You gotta be faithful. You gotta be faithful. If you want God to show you how faithful he can be, you show him you'll be faithful. Amen. Paul tells Timothy to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him with that chosen him to be a soldier. Paul said, I fought a good fight. He, listen, it's a battle. There ain't no fooling around this Christian life. You've you, you got a real enemy who ain't never going to quit until you're in the grave. So you might as well get ready for a battle, dig your heels in. And cry out to God. Put on the full armor of God. Go to fight because I guarantee it's a whole lot better than just laying down and taking licks from the devil. It's a whole lot better. Amen. And God says, "Be strong. Be strong." Again, we're in a battle, and, and, and it's getting it's getting more uh, heated by the day. It's going to continue to get heated as we go because we're coming up to the we're
0: coming up to the, the last and
1: final down to the wire of this world. And so God tells us to be strong. He says be strong, but not in ourselves. Be strong in the Lord. Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my me, be strong in the Lord. Find your strength in him. Go to him in prayer and tell him how weak you feel and ask him to strengthen you. And in the power of his might, not what you can do, but what he can do. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things to Christ which strengthens me. The thing, let me. Let me interpret that verse to you so you understand what it says exactly. It not saying you can do all things because you can't do all things through Christ. You can't you can't sin through Christ, and that's part of all things. So what is he saying? All things which strengtheneth me. All things which strengtheneth me. Anybody here lifted weights before? I know you have. Some of you have. I guarantee you Donnie's lifted weights before. I guarantee you Robert may not. I don't know if Robert has you lift weights before. Dan, you ever lift weights when you're younger? think
0: you ever lift weights? You ever lift weights
1: down? When you're younger, you lift weights? Cut. <clears throat> well, you put more weight on the bar than you lifted before if you want to get stronger. I learned that when I was 16. I wasn't lifting weights for these guys. And uh, they kept putting more weight on there than I intended for them to put on there. But, hey, 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 what is it? Oh, you do, you do, you do. And, you know, I learned that by training and pushing up heavy weights, I can get stronger and the next time they put five more pounds on. I can lift up. Okay? The things which strengthen it for me. I can't get stronger if I don't step outside and do something I ain't used to. It. If I don't step outside my little comfort zone that I feel for myself, where I feel fine, I don't ever worry about nothing. If, if, but if I step outside and do something that I know that I really ain't equipped to do, But if God is leading me to do it, God will give me that strength to be able to go on and do it. I thought, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to comfort these people. I'm going to feel like a total idiot. I'll get up there and just ramble and stammer, and it'll be a mess. And and you know what? I just went on ahead and said, God, you've got to do this through me. And God used me in ways that I never expected. I've had that happen so many times when I thought I'm going to be the biggest flop the world's ever seen, and God used me tremendously because I didn't I didn't cower down. I just said, God, I'm a failure. <laughs> I said, Lord, that's you, because I I didn't know what I was doing anyway. And God has never let me down. Amen. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Verse 14. Let your all your things be done with charity. We learned that in chapter 13. Paul said, "Go, I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and give my body to be burned and have not charity? It profiteth me nothing. And again, all these things that Paul's telling them, that, that you're to give, you're to take care of people, you're to be strong, you're to do all these things, you do everything that you do with love. You do it with God's love. And, and, and that's what makes it worthwhile. Amen. That you, Whatever you're doing, you're doing it for the Lord and in his strength. Verse fifteen and sixteen and he said, I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruit of Micaiah, that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints, that you submit yourselves unto such and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. Now, he said, All right, so you remember you remember Stephanus and their household, all right? Who were they? stephanus that was the that was the first uh that was one of the that was one of the first people that got saved under Paul's ministry. Alright? And he said he said, You submit yourselves unto such and to everyone that helpeth us. So these were tremendous laborers who helped Paul. Okay? The house of Stephanus. Um, he said that he said that this was the first fruits of Achaia. Let's see if I got that verse in here. Well I do, but I, I'll get to it in a minute. All right and 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 these are the stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaus, all right that's what we're going to see here in verse seventeen, all right and He said, "I'm glad for the coming of stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaus for that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied for they have refreshed my spirit and yours, therefore acknowledge ye them that are such. so these men, these are the people who came to Paul who brought them all these questions from the Corinthian church. So he, they came down from Corinth to Ephesus and delivered all these questions to him, and he wrote this letter that we've been studying in return after their questions. All right? And so as Paul sends them back with his letter, he asks them that they be received faithful servants of the Lord. He said he said, acknowledge them as such. They've expressed my spirit and yours. Now. Stephanus was the head of the household, and Fortunatus and Achaicus were two of his household slaves, and they went with him uh, to visit Paul. Fortunatus and Achaicus were common names for slaves or for freedmen, which were former slaves. And I, I don't know whether they were former or not, but anyway, Paul said they refreshed my spirit. He was grateful for their coming because they ministered to his needs while they visited. And not only did they minister to Paul's needs, but he also said that they did what the Christian, Corinthian church should have done, but hadn't he said that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. Y'all was too sorry, he said to the Corinthian church. Y'all was worried about yourselves and you promote promoting yourselves and and trying to look good and trying to up one another, one up one another all the time, and accusing me of this, that, and that. He said, thank God they came down or I wouldn't have got all this work done. Because y'all was arguing and fighting, and they actually helped me is what he was saying. And he said, so acknowledge them. Therefore, acknowledge such men. And again, he, could, he, he called them the first fruits of Achaia. Because again, they were among the first saved in that region and were baptized by Paul himself. First Corinthians 1.16, listen, he said, And I baptized also the household of Stephanus, besides I know not whether I baptized any other. So him and his household were the only people that Paul actually baptized himself. Verses 19, verse 19, And the churches of Asia salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you, much in the Lord with the church that's in their house. We remember Aquila and Priscilla. They were a married couple. They ministered with Paul there at Corinth. Now they're down at Ephesus, and Paul is staying with them, and he sent his greetings from there to the Corinthian church, and they send theirs with him. And he says the church that's in their house, the early church, met in houses. They didn't have buildings like we got here. They met in people's houses. They had very few meeting places of their own until the third century. And, and this building we're sitting in here this morning is not the church. It's not. People may say that's Temple Baptist Church over there, but this is not the church. We are the church. You, what is this building? Technically, it's a chapel. What it is, it's a chapel where for, for, for Temple Baptist Church meets. You and I make it a church when we're here. Otherwise, it's just a chapel sitting there. Verse 20 it says, all the brethren greet you, greet you one another with a holy kiss. Now, I ain't kissing nobody but my wife. And ain't nobody kissing me but my wife. I will give you a, a, a warm side hug. <laughs> I will pat you on the shoulder. I will give you a warm handshake. Right? And that's basically what we're saying. Because back in in, in first century Israel and Middle East, really that region people would walk up and they would kiss on each side of the cheek, kiss side of the not really kissing one another, they just kiss them beside the, the faces. And they would do that. That's that's the kiss he's talking. About. He's not talking about a, a wet smooch. He's talking about a kiss, just a just a, a greeting is all it is. And and, and we ought to be a friendly church. If we he's saying. be a friendly church. show love, show love. He's encouraging them to put down all of these stupid, trivial things, and love people for Christ's sake. That's what he's trying to say. And he says, the salutation of me, Paul, with my own hand, and as I signed this letter, but Paul's not the one who wrote it down, which he'll tell it in just a second. He said, if any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema, not anathema. If anybody doesn't love Jesus, and he's talking to this church, and you understand, he's talking to this church, You know why he says that? Because Paul is not convinced that all these people are really saved. He thinks there's a bunch of them in there that's just as lost as they can be. And so he addresses them, and he says, If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be an or anathema, maranatha. You say, what does that mean? Anathema means a curse. Maranatha means the Lord coming. In other words, Jesus is coming soon, and them people that don't love Jesus are going to go to hell. That's what he's saying. they can go, go go to hell if they don't love Jesus. And, and, and if you really want to be technical, anathema, the word anathema, it, 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 it comes from, it's the third of three levels of discipline amongst ancient Jews. I'll give you a little nugget before we go to the house. The first level of discipline amongst ancient Jews was a simple separation of uh, a man from the synagogue for thirty days. He couldn't just like somebody he telling somebody you can't come to church for a month because you messed up and and you gonna have to take some time to think about what you've done. So you stay away for a month. And if the person didn't repent in thirty days, then they were put under the second degree of discipline. This gives them an undef undefined time to repent, but tells them, you know, there's gonna be dire consequences if you don't repent. And then the third level was anathema. And at that point, all hope of reconciliation and repentance was done away with and cut off. A man could never be reconciled, come back to the synagogue, if he was considered anathema. He was no longer counted a Jew at that point. Okay? So when Paul said to them, you don't love Jesus, anathema. There is no hope for you. You cannot be redeemed without Jesus. And he closes the letter with saying, The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you, and my love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's stand together. He closes it all by reminding them, If you don't love Jesus, you're wasting your time. And I'm going to say this to the church and to anybody listening to me. Anybody can come sit on a church piece. Anybody can go through the motions. But if you don't really love Jesus, you're wasting your time. But if you really do love Jesus, invest your time. Because I can assure you there's nothing better that you can ever do with your life than let God have it. Amen. Let's let's, let's sing sing a song of invitation this morning. if God is, is working in you this morning, God trying to do something with your life, let God have you. Yeah, 337. Trust and obey. 337. 337.
0: Thank <laughs> you.